Hey, Mark, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, we're going to talk some NBA. Where do you want to start? Knicks fired David Fisdale. The Mavs won by 46 points yesterday, and the Clips at Milwaukee Friday night were down 40 at one point. That's just the recent history. You got any hot takes you want to start with? Let's start with the Knicks. Let's hear what you have to say about the Knicks and the, and the recent firing. I think it's not David Fisdale's fault that your front office puts together a garbage roster, signing four power forwards in the offseason, three of whom never pass. Like Marcus Morris never passes. Julius Randle never passes. Bobby Portis never passes. To ask any coach to succeed with that lineup, I think, was a bad plan. And the Knicks just don't see the big picture Whereas give Fisdale a roster and maybe he is a good coach, but just firing him and then what? Start start over again? I don't get it. The Knicks are terrible. I'm so glad they are not my favorite team. I feel bad for Knicks fans. They have like no hope, no plan, no future. But it's going to be another long season for the Knicks. What do you think? I just don't understand them at all. I mean, to your point about how they did, they haven't constructed a team properly. They made a good hire coach wise, uh, yeah. but. I mean, obviously they're not trying to compete. So why are you trying to? Why are you hiring a championship coach? And and if you are having a championship coach, it should be for longer than three months. I mean, David Fizdale proved his medal in the playoffs with the Grizzlies. And so you you build a crappy team, you get a good manager, you have obviously a, this front office that's living in an alternate reality where they think these are good ideas. Like I don't I don't get what they're doing. Like what is their plan for 2019? Also, let's not forget that they traded Porzingis too. They actually had an All Star player but gave him away thinking Kevin Durant and Kyrie were coming as free agents last summer. So their bet got called. They lost. So they lost Porzingis, and they got basically no free agents. They had to go after some second-tier guys. So they brought this on themselves. This, this was easy to have forecasted. I did not see uh, a lot of wins for the Knicks this year. And they're like 4-19. and 19. They're so terrible. They might be the worst team in the East. Yeah, not to mention they missed out on Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant, who wanted to be in New York. Uh, and went, they'd, they'd rather go to the Nets without... Uh, Kevin Durant never took a meeting with the Nets before agreeing to be with them. They'd rather do that and risk their entire future than be a Nick. So what does that tell you about the Knicks organization? They need a new owner. They need uh, someone to come up with some incriminating tapes against James Dolan like they did against Donald Sterling. I think that's their only their plan right now. That's yeah, they should just keep keep playing uh, James Dolan and the straight shooters uh, music at the games, and I'm sure they'll get rid of them soon enough. J.D. and the sure shot. Yeah, J.D. and the sure shot. Yeah, those guys. That's great. How about the Mavs? The Mavs are rolling right now. Playhouses right now, Mavs are like a two seed. 16 and 6, 8 and 2 in their last 10. The Mavs completely destroyed the Pellies by 46 points. Come on, Pellies, step your game up. Mavs have been incredible. I'm a little bit worried about how much you, I mean, obviously, Luca and Porzingis are their, their two stars there. I don't know if Dallas subscribes, even though I've heard uh, their owner talk about how he he likes the idea of the uh, load management. It's not in practice. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. But they're they're weighing heavily on Luca and Kristaps' shoulders right now. And I'm worried about that, that how this will affect them long term. Like, I don't think. They could be a playoff team this year. I'm hoping for it. I don't think they have a shot at winning the championship. They're obviously playing for the next, maybe next two or three years. So let's not burn these guys out so soon, even though I'm, I'm enjoying the games. I'm enjoying them build chemistry, and I'm enjoying uh, them blowing teams out like the Pellies. So Kevin Love is available. Any interest at all as a Mavs fan? The Mavs have a lot of these like nice team guys, nice pieces. Dwight Powell, Tim Hardaway, DeLon Wright, Dorian Finney-Smith, Seth Curry. 
Like, would you trade two or three of those pieces for a major upgrade? If you see Kevin Love as a major upgrade, I guess we can talk about that too. But any interest in Kevin Love? No, not not from my perspective. I mean, maybe if they, they have some, obviously some inside scoop and it would work within their system and they think they're going to make a run for this year. Otherwise, I think, you know, to our conversation earlier about the Knicks, like the Knicks gave up Tim Hardaway Jr. as a spare part and he's been a solid role player for the team. And so let's use this year for experience. Let's see what we do in the playoffs and kind of go from there. But let's not add any aging and ineffective veterans like Kevin Love. Yeah, I don't know what the market is for Kevin Love, but things not going well in Cleveland. Five and 17, there's rumors that new coach John Beeline has lost the locker room. The players, I don't respect him. That's the kiss of death. And they're five and 17, and Kevin Love is on the trading block. So not good times, Cavs. No, Kevin Love, I think Kevin was quoted last night after they got blown out by saying that everything needs to change in the organization. The Cavs are terrible. There's no way around it. And I respect Coach Beeline, who's a wonderful coach at University of Michigan. But it was not difficult to see that Cleveland was going to be probably the worst team in the East this year. I mean, they don't don't have the roster. They're rebuilding. I guess they can do something with Kevin Love to try to improve their draft position next year. But no, this is not a playoff team. The Cavs are not going to be in the playoffs for another three to five years. Agreed. Yeah. Did you see Kelly Oubre's um, dunk down, down by 40 and flex on somebody and the announcer <laughs> called him out? <laughs> I did see that. I don't think it was Kelly Oubre, but I did see it was someone on the Cavs. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It was like, I forgot. Uh, oh, uh, Porter Jr. I think. Yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. You're right. Kevin Porter Jr. They're going to get dunked on. The Clippers were down 40 in Milwaukee at one point. They ended up losing by like 20 or something. Not good times for the Clippers. Offense still looks kind of clunky. They need to get something going. And the Bucks just, they, I think the Bucks have won 14 straight. They're, they are really rolling right now. Look unstoppable. And the Clippers just ran into a buzzsaw. Is that a indication of a more serious problem or just a blip on the radar? Hey, man, you can't play great all 82 games what do you think mark one thing we we're talking about earlier this week is they're going on this long road trip and they're going to need to rely heavily on Kawhi and pg and you know i just i they didn't show up lou williams had a bad night that night too so just they weren't firing on on many cylinders that night and so they're lucky to only get beat by 20 also Giannis is having just a fantastic year he's been player of the week two times already this year alongside uh, james harden so they're they're doing really well but to that point the Bucks also have one of the weakest strength of schedules so far. So it'll be interesting to see how much the East shifts as we, as the schedules normalize. Yeah. Yeah. Bucks look really good, but it's, you know, December 8th and you want to be peaking in March or April, not in December. So Clips are actually playing tonight, trying to bounce back from getting blown out in Milwaukee. It's the fourth quarter at Washington Wizards. Clips up by four right now. We'll keep an eye on that one. Houston Rockets had a big win last night. 34 from Harden, triple-double from Russ. What's your take on James Harden so far this season? The, the narrative around James Harden right now is like, do you enjoy the way that he plays? It's like, ultimately, I think we're set up. Like, they need to make the playoffs and they need to win a championship. So, I mean, however they get there. Did you see the clip of Harden yelling at the fan after the fan uh, told him that uh, nobody comes to see free throws? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, it was fantastic. I was like, yeah, that's what you can sit back down, dude. It's difficult to watch. I mean, it's just a lot of James Harden dribbling. Dribble, 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 dribble. Step back three. If it goes in, look at the camera. If it doesn't go in, look at the ref and complain. It's like 40 minutes of, of that. And I don't know. I was listening to the Ryan Rosillo podcast. He made a good point. When you're playing basketball and you're out there, but you don't touch the ball for like three, four, five minutes, and then all of a sudden your teammate expects you to be ready to hit a shot and you haven't touched the ball in what feels like a half an hour it's difficult i think some of those shots yeah the houston guys are wide open because harden or russ has broken down the defense and gotten them a clean look but i don't know about you but i like to be in rhythm and you know in the flow of the offense not just shooting once every 
eight minutes, five minutes, you know, it'd be tough. I think obviously it's been, uh, it's, it's like a, it's like a popsicle you hate the flavor of like, yeah, they're winning, but you don't necessarily like the way that they're doing it. So to your point, yeah, I'm a rhythm shooter as well. And you need to at least touch the ball and feel like you're a part of the game. Otherwise James Harden is almost patterning his, uh, his game after uh, 2007 Kobe Bryant. Back then it was horrible to watch and Obviously, Harden is more effective, but it has to be frustrating to be a teammate that's not Russell Westbrook on that team right now. By the way, that the Mavs blowout of the Pelicans was like a noon game. I don't know. I woke up. There's an NBA game happening at like 11 a.m. I love living in California for that, by the way. <laughs> what do you think of these noon games? I, I think maybe 60 to 80 percent of the time the guys look tired, like they like they just woke up. And yes, they're NBA players and you know, they can still deliver a a good game, but not the Pelicans yesterday. I mean, to get buried by 46 in, for the folks that came out for a noon game, that's unacceptable, Pelis. What, what, are you okay with these noon games, or should we move them all to prime time? They should all be to prime time. I know they probably are scheduling this based upon how they're trying to stretch stuff out and give guys not back-to-backs, that kind of stuff. But you have to imagine these guys are probably having to be at the gym by you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning after sometimes playing the night before. So it has to be pretty tough. It's, it kind of reminds me of seeing some really sluggish looking baseball players play at noon games, you know, uh, up in Chicago with the Cubs or any of those teams where they're just like, they just don't want to be there. And, you know, they're trying their best, but what can you do? Uh, Jalen Rose had a good take on this one time. He, he was just basically talking about the routine of being in the NBA, you know, whether it's a home game, it's usually 7 p.m. And then you guys go out to dinner or, or you do something and, and go to bed or you're on an airplane getting into a hotel at two, three, four in the morning. You get your sleep. You get maybe some food and a shoot around in the afternoon, and then you're you're like fueled, rested, primed, and ready to go for a 7 p.m. tip-off because that's when most NBA games start. So his take was for a noon game, for us, that's like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. in the morning. So yeah, we're going to look a little sluggish. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was an interesting take. I never thought about it that way, that you and I, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 are guys primed and ready to go at 9 a.m., you ask us to come in at 3 a.m., yeah, we're probably not going to look so good. So I guess Jalen's got a good point there. Yeah. All right, what about the MVP race? Uh, what have you seen? Who do you like? I think we've got some good candidates. I think I know where you're going to go with this one. Yeah, totally, Luca. The guy's been blowing my mind all year. It's been incredible. I, I don't know where the Mavish will end up at the end of the year to make him eligible to be MVP. It, uh, I think what it's probably what like a Harden uh, and uh, Giannis race right now. Luca Harden, Giannis, definitely. Yes, they all have a very solid case right now, in my opinion. Yeah, Giannis is playing out of his mind. I think he's likely be the best candidate at this point. I think he scored like what fifty or sixty the other night. Harden has been Harden has, has multiple had a sixty piece. Yeah. Yeah, sixty piece. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> That's a lot. A lot of buckets. <laughs> I guess I love it. So 60 piece, yeah. The other night. So it's likely Giannis at this point, but I mean, I, I just couldn't imagine Luca being any better than he is, and he continually gets better. And I'm watching some of these passes he's throwing, and the, the offense is moving so fluidly, and he just loves the step back three, and guys don't respect his ability, and they just, he just drains buckets on them all game. I'm totally fine with Luca as the leading candidate for MVP. He's been fantastic. Dallas is currently sitting in, in the two spot in the West, 16 and six. We covered at the top of the show. It, they're really rolling. I hope he keeps it up all year. I would also like to mention Mr. LeBron James in the MVP discussion. I don't know if he's going to have the numbers or the, the juice of those other three guys, but he's been phenomenal. The Lakers are 20 and three. 
LeBron leads the league in assists physically. When he's going to be 35 years old at the end of this month, but just a sliver of daylight, and he just floors it, and he gets going top speed, and you can't. There's like nothing you can do. Very few people step in the way of it, and, and he finishes. He's like a freight train. So shout out LeBron James coming strong in year 17. Is LeBron in the MVP discussion or no? Yeah, good call. I think he has the most assists so far of this uh, th- this season. He's changing his name, uh, his game. He's being more dynamic. I can't imagine what his recovery routine is because I remember at 35 when I'd be playing like very hard fouling basketball and this not not even in the same ballpark as an NBA game, and then playing another game the next night. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's it's incredible the the feats of strength that he's showing on a night to night basis. He plays a very physical game. The Lakers are looking really good, and I hate it a lot. <laughs> Yep, they look good. They've, they've won a lot of games. Hats off, Laker fans. Enjoy it. But hey, Laker fans, I know you haven't been good in like nine years, but act like you've been there. If you guys truly are the gold standard of, of franchises, Laker fan, act like you've been there before. You're 20 yeah. and 3. It's, it's December 8th. Calm down. Yeah. Those, those nine years where you got people were talking mess to you the entire time, you always point to your championships. Act like you've won those championships then. Let's check in on our Phoenix Suns bet. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be close. Phoenix 10 and 12. Took the L last night, I believe. I was watching. I'm rooting for the, the Phoenix Suns now. Yeah, they lost last night. I don't know, man. They're, they're shaky. They, I, I guess they were had some stuff figured out early in the year. Started out 5 and 2. Uh, they're now 10 and 12. And what's the over-under? 36 and a half? 36 and a half. They're, yeah, they're 10 and 12, eighth seed in the West, which, hey, is not too bad for being 10 and 12. They're above. Right. They are at the back end of the West playoffs, I would like yeah. to point out. Yeah. And they would have to go, let's see, 27 and 36, something like that. 27 and 35. I don't know. We'll see. All right. That's our weekly check-in on the Phoenix Suns. And then another new weekly feature, pickup basketball stories. Sure. Mark, I want a good pickup basketball take. Or pick pick a basketball story, or you know, like the Hoya Y men's league basketball stories. Yeah, I would say uh, one of the things that I always find myself getting into is I always find the person that has the most similar personality to me is willing to be physical, and we always almost come to punches our first game together. Uh, <laughs> they could be on my team or not on my team. Then after that game, we figure it out and then become best friends for the rest of the time. So it's interesting, like. You come to a new gym, you kind of suss everybody out. Someone challenges you, you step to them, and then after that, you're best friends. So it's interesting. What about you? Good take. Good take. I like it. Can be physical in a pickup basketball game and then be cool about it after the game and, and be friends or remain friends. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, 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 I can definitely leave it on the court. I know things can get heated when you're playing and uh, elbows are being thrown and people are fouling you really hard for no reason when it's, you're, you're, I don't know, playing to 11 on a Saturday. You've, I made some pretty good friends through pickup basketball. <laughs> Indeed. I agree. My take was as kind of a general philosophy of going into a pickup basketball game. I would say pass more than you shoot. Don't call a lot of fouls. Make a couple buckets. Make a couple sweet passes and your team wins. I think that's like the ideal pickup basketball teammate. Yeah. On the flip side, we've all had a guy who shoots too much, never never passes. Hate that guy. I don't like playing pickup basketball. I like Dude just shoots all the time. And I think that's why there's so much anger at James Harden. It's like, I wouldn't want to play with that guy. And don't call a bunch of garbage fouls. You can, like, if you honestly get hacked or tackled or decked, like, yeah, call the foul. That's a foul. Sure. 
But don't call uh, cheap fouls, touch fouls, and please, my final point, don't argue. The arguing and the fighting and the game takes forever. Like, we all just want to get back to the games. So don't call a bunch of fouls, don't argue, and enjoy your pickup basketball. We'll check in next week with another pickup basketball story. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right, Mark. Anything else? I think we covered all the top-of-mind topics. Yeah, going back to uh, strength of schedule, I think there's some room for regression for some of these teams, uh, specifically the uh, Lakers, the 76ers, the Mavericks, the Celtics, and the Bucks, which are all kind of at their respective tops of their uh, standing. So, so it'll be interesting to see how if their schedules get harder. Uh, also, the Suns have the 13th hardest schedule uh, so far, so that's a glimmer of hope for our burrito bet. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we end up You know, another 10 games from now and, and as the season continues to progress. You worried about Utah at all? Utah 13 and 10. I mean, we talked about Phoenix at 10 and 12, but honestly, they're only a game and a half worse than Utah. Some have talked about Utah as a, you know, West Western Conference Finals contender, like a yeah. top four, top two team in the West. I, I'm not seeing it so far. I'm not seeing it either. I think um, they've had the sixth uh, easiest uh, schedule in the NBA. So mm -hmm. that may explain their 13 and 10 so far. I, I, I don't really hear a lot of news out of the, out of Utah, I, other than having uh, Bogdanovich on my fantasy team and him dropping thirty every night. I know. I guess I expect more out of them, given to how much talent they have. But we'll have to see how it shakes out as they continue to play more games. Right now, Utah is not scaring me. Like if there was a, a Western Conference playoff first round matchup, Clippers in Utah. I mean, that's probably. I'd rather see Utah than Denver, Houston. Lakers. I think real deal is like Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, 76ers, Celtics, and Heat, right? Yeah. All right, man. Anything else? That's it. That's it for me. What about you? All right, everyone. Thanks for listening.